0: Hello, and welcome to Dungeon Pro- Protocol. <laughs> uh, today I'm your host, Zach, and I have a guest with me. Garrett, would you like to introduce yourself and your D&D experience?
1: Uh, hello, I'm Garrett. Uh, I just recently got into D&D, and I'm a big fan of
0: lore. Yes, Um. Well, you play in one of my campaigns, and... You play, what, A currently you're playing an orc fighter, and you've written one of the longest backstories I've ever seen out of any of my players. Which is not saying much, but it's still amazing because it's like six pages long. So, yes. um, I said, yeah, you, I said you're an orc fighter. So, an orc is a race, and today we're going to be talking about races. There's a uh, race and fundamental the D and D. They're just de- they describe who you are and how people could even treat you around town. Because, uh, believe it or not, even in fantasy, racism does exist. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So, um, I th- I'd say in general, like some of the most common races you would know would be like the human, the elf, um, the dwarf. And then there's some less common ones. Um, Some of the main ones, especially in the uh, player's handbook, include um, dwarf, tiefling, which is a half um, human, half devil, I believe. Um, Let me just look this up real quick. But there's also a half orc,
2: which is um, half orc would be or half
0: you elf. Know. I know uh, it'd actually be orc and human. Human. Uh, uh most of these half variants are humans. Anything called a half thing are usually humans with something else. Um. Uh, I forget which one it is. I think it's devil for the tiefling. Um, I mean there is a lot of races though, and many are different different books. Um, I'd say let's just go over some of the. Most prevalent. There's also orc, which he's playing right now. Um well, yeah, let's just name them off: human and um, half elf. You know, half human, half elf, halfling. Not actually half human. They're just like a human, but short. Uh, one of their main things is that they're small compared to most cre- uh, most humanoids, which are medium. And there's even like... Uh, orc is technically a monstrous race because it's a monster-turned-race because they took the original monster idea and they turned it into a race. So that includes like that, goblins, bugbears, um, all those. You may not know exactly what these are. A bugbear isn't a bug and a bear combined. They're like bears that are humanoidish. Um Centaur, you know, half human, half horse. Um, air Cockra, like a bird. Kenku, like a bird. Um Depends on if your DM will allow certain things, because I know the Air Cockra allows flying. Um Is there any... Like Tabaxi, you know, half cat, half... Like, like a humanoid cat. Triton, basically, like... Any creature man, like sea creature man, you can think of like Aquaman or like Poseidon, except like you're literally at... Yeah, Merman basically or mermaid, but you're more human. You don't it's not like you have a tail, you know what I'm saying? But the thing about D and you could also say, hey, I have a tail. Your DM allows that? That's cool with your DM. Uh, then there's some other ones depending on your campaign, like Warforge, which is meant for a more technical thing, where it's like you play a robot and um There's a lot of other ones that are a lot like humans, so I'm not going to get too far into them. Uh, I know there's also like Furbulk, which is a half-elf, giant, and human or whatever. So there is a lot of different races. Um, But I think what's important is actually know how to read the races, because as you're making your character, you might hear something. You probably would not know how to read it and what's important about it. So if you remember from our last two episodes, we talked about classes and Especially the last episode, we talked about um, ability scores. Now, each race will supply different ability scores, or let you choose ability scores. But it's also up to, you to your uh, up to your DM because there's a new ruling in Taj's College of Everything, which is one of the source books that released like later two years ago, like late 2020, which allows you to um, choose what spell what choose what ability scores you want for that. and But these ability score improvements let you get your stats that you want to prioritize up even higher. So let's, let's say if you're playing a Druid, you might want to play a Firbolg because they give a plus two to Wisdom, meaning that your Wisdom will modifier will at least go up by one because you're getting that extra bonus. And usually they only apply up to three points you either get 1, 1, and 1, or 2 and 1 as your options for ability scores. Sometimes they'll give you 1 and 1, and that's when there's more feats in there. So you're going to see the ability scores, you're also going to see the size, um, you might see like a weight system in it, that's for you to like put on your second page. Your second page is a full of stuff that describes your character, because um, when you look at the, player's hand, uh, the character sheet, not the player's handbook, when you look at your character sheet, you've got the first page, which is all your stats. Second page, which is all your um, character information, backstory, lore. And the third page, which is usually like spell casting. And you can have many third pages depending on what you're playing and stuff. We're not going to get too far into that yet. What we're going to talk about is that there's age, uh, alignment, size, uh, and speed. Those are some of the easiest ones to figure out where you put. because or at least some of the most different, um, because they all go throughout the character sheet. Generally, speed will go in the speed spot. Uh, If you have a flying speed, just differentiate the two. Um, Alignment can go in your alignment, but you don't always have to follow it. It's just a general guide of like, oh, hey, orcs are generally evil. But you're playing a good orc, aren't you, Garrett?
1: Uh, Yeah, chaotic, good.
0: Yeah, so it's really up to your character because saying one race is evil is kind of also racist, and when you don't need to be racist, so. But that's a general description of like what they're based. It's it's a stereotype, but yeah, there's the weights that basically it all tells you how the average creature of this hum like of this species is built, and then there is your abilities. Oh, and you also have uh you also gain language proficiencies which go at the bottom left of your character sheet, either under if you're using like a digital one, there might be options that say like language or tool proficiencies or the standard paper one will just have other proficiencies. That's where you just write down your languages that you know. Um but most of what you're going to get from these races are your abilities. So, after you get all the stats, you know, you kind of choose your race based on what it has in stats-wise, you can look at your abilities. And they usually... The way it's always formatted is you got like the bold letters or whatever for the um, name of the ability and then it has the description. So if like... Let's say we were looking into Dragonborn, you'd gain Draconic Ancestry and Breath Weapon. What this allows you to do is choose a type of dragon you came from. And get a breath weapon from that type, and then that also does damage. So you basically gain damage resistance. As in, let's say if you wanted to play a, um, let's say your typical red or like gold dragon, their fire, their damage is fire, and they do they usually blow or you know breathe fire in a fifth or in a cone, which all the specifics isn't. You don't need to know all the specifics of that right now. But you know, like, you think of a dragon, you think of something that blows, like, breathes fire pretty large. You do it at a smaller scale, because you're a humanoid. You know, you don't have that big of lungs and stuff. Don't want to really explain why that is. But, um... And you just... You have that breath weapon you get from it. And you can use it... Usually, when you get stuff like this, if it isn't a simple melee attack, when you get an actual intricate attack, or feature it'll usually say once per short or long rest. What that means is that every time you complete your day in the game, which is when you regain all your hit points and uh, spell slots and stuff, or whenever you complete like a short rest, which is like when your party decides to take an hour to uh, recover some lost hit points, you could regain that. And what these do is they can either do damage or some let you some features let you fly or attack, or... But the fly ones are generally banned, Or some give you advantages on saving throws, like ancestry, which is from elves, which can give you um, the advantage against being charmed, and you can't be uh, put asleep, or you get, like, interesting things like, um, the lack of sleep needed, so, like, elves get trance when they only need four hours a day, from the regular eight. Um or like how warforged have like the ability to not even have to eat, drink or breathe. There's a lot of interesting parts about this. A lot of it is more roleplay and adventure based, less combat. But you still can find the combat, just generally the combat is used for like either one-time things or not as effective as just doing your main thing cuz they're not meant to be. But yeah, like and you can also gain skill proficiencies which go with your ability scores. So like elves are very uh perceptive. Um
2: and then there's just I mean those are the main types of features. So do you wanna say anything, Garrett? Uh I don't think so.
0: Um so yeah, that's Basically, race is very summed up. Uh, there's a lot of special things, important things, like dark vision's always a common one to have as you uh, tend to try to, you know, want to see in the dark. Um, usually humans and stuff, like, a general human actually has um... Hmm, what were I say? One sec. Human is one of the interesting ones, because As a features, it gets none, but its ability scores is plus one in everything. So it's a total of plus six points, which is some of the most points, but you only get one in everything. But let's say if you you have odd numbers in everything and you want to be an overall strong character, not like a min-max build, well, you can bump them all up by one, and that's very good. I mean... You can just increase those numbers for free. Generally not saying that's the best way to go, and, you know, it's kind of basic, as some people would say. Um, But, I mean, there's a ton of interesting things, like a Goliath uh, has athletics proficiency, but it also has the ability to regain hit points because of its endurance, but that's only once per long rest. For short and long, or long rest. My bad. <clears throat> There's also like powerful build which lets it carry more as if it were a size larger. And uh, it's also um, inclu- uh, re- has resistance to cold damage and uh, it's used to high altitude including eleva- elevations above th- 20,000 feet. It's just stuff like, okay, Goliath lived in the mountains high in the mountains, so what they get, they are resistant to cold. It's basically the idea of the environment that your race grew up in and how they've gained things. That's why dwarves are small and strong and are, like, short, strong, and, like, big, because they were like, cold environments, uh, so you want to be short and fat, like, in a cold environment, and I mean, they mind a lot, and they had that strength. So you wanna
2: talk about any lore, Garrett? Uh, not that I can think of So yeah, I mean that's
0: basically races. Um a lot of them, like some there's a lot of options. Uh if you're looking for races, the main books I'd say are um Player's Handbook. Volo's Guide to Monsters. I think there's also some in, like... Um... The new fizzbands Treasure of Dragons. You get some new Dragon Races. Uh... Some in... Eberron. Rising, uh, Rising of the Last War. There's even some of the DMG, but like... These are basically... They complement your class. So... Choose the abilities that you need more of, but don't always, like, specify. I just say, generally, things that go toward your certain, like, class generally have features inside of them that also help.
2: And, well, um,
0: there's also sub races, just as there are subclasses. You could um, I know like the Dragonborn got sub races for Dragonborns, which basically changes up what I just explained about Dragonborns a bit for different types of dragons, and they can, you can choose doing either the new way or the old way because there's no right way; it's only your options. But like the Elf has three main ones, which is the Drow, which is a dark Elf that can ha- that has. Really good dark vision, as it can see far in the night, but it also can't hardly see in the sun. But it still gets your main elf things, like say ancestry and stuff. Um, and you also get some magic with the drow. The wood elf gets some extra weapon proficiencies, uh, an increased walking speed, um, and the ability to like hide and forge green stuff. And there's also like the high elf, which gets um, wizard cantrips, I guess more elf weapon training, and um, an extra language. So, a lot of these things like high elf, intelligence, and dexterity. Dexterity is for all elves. Sub races usually take the lower number that is applied and changes that. So, you got like the main elf thing, and then you got a high elf. Oh, it's smarter. It's the smarter of the bunch, so it's got a bit more intelligence. And then add on to that. Okay, well, you're going to use your intelligence for the wizard cantrips. So, that's why it's also kind of anti-intuitive to, like, say, oh, I want to play a high elf that has a low intelligence because then your cantrips won't won't be good. Wouldn't you agree?
2: Yep. Um.
0: But, yeah, I'm trying to think. What else? We can go into backgrounds, too. So you're choosing a race. You're also going to want to choose a background once. um, is you sure there isn't anything you want to talk about?
2: I'm not good. All right. So basically, one, one, one sec.
0: Backgrounds are what your character, like, profession was. Or, like, what they were known for before they joined the party. So, there's a lot of backgrounds. Some are meant for certain situations. Just ask your d- dungeon master what you can. In- or, if you want to be something, ask if you can be that. Um, and what they do is they give you uh, some skill proficiencies. Which are always helpful because you know those add on to your skills. So, you know, if you're playing a what like druid, yeah, I'm trying to think like, or let's say if you're playing a barbarian or like a something that you want to have like an athletic character, we'll choose the athlete background. You gain acrobatics, athletics, you gain proficiency in land vehicles, and you get one language of your choice. And usually, these also give you. Bonds, flaws, traits, pers- um, and f- uh what personality traits, bonds, ideals and flaws. Those you can, you know you just read them down through the books and it'll tell you, okay, this is your bond flaw, or you can just choose one or you can come up with one on your own. I generally like going by the um background because a lot of these things kind of fit that a whole aspect of like, Oh, you're sage. You're really smart with all like the um, research you do. Well, you could think that you're smarter than everyone else around you, and that no one that you don't listen to anyone because you think you're the only one who's smart enough to make decisions. Like that's, I think one of. I think I worded it terribly, but I think that's how it's kind of written. Um, and then you also like okay, there's the hermit. You're an outsider, and you practice medicine and religion. So, you get these skill proficiencies. So, you want to choose the ones that meet you. You also want to choose something that sounds interesting. Because you also can gain certain types of tools. And you just gain items. So, I know like some of your money, starting money, comes from your background. It's actually interesting because there's a lot of backgrounds in the game. And not many people realize how much it actually has on like effect. Because you gain proficiencies in um, languages. And equipment, like, um Aculite is the main one in the standard SRD, which is basically what is free. Because all the other source materials generally cost money. SRD is what Wizards of the Coast put out there free for anyone to use. Um You gain a holy symbol, which it's just roleplay. Like, okay, you can add that to your equipment list, and you can say, oh yeah, I have this holy symbol. That's where I pray. Like, that's my Something I used to show that I'm my religion. Uh, a prayer book or a prayer wheel. Um, and it's just like, okay, so you have a book of prayers or prayer wheel, or I mean, you have like, what, like five sticks of incest, vestments, a set of common clothes, and a belt pouch containing 15 gold pieces. Generally, it's a lot of roleplay stuff, but not all of it has to technically be a roleplay. Like, oh, I got this. You can also like, I know the Fisher has history and survival, but you get uh, stuff like a fishing tackle and net. Um, like, and then there's usually an item that's like sentimental value, like a favorite fishing lure or oil le- uh, leather wading boots and a set of traveler's clothes. So generally, I think the main common ones is you get a pouch of gold pieces and then the certain amount depends on how like how rich you are or whatever. Um, And you have different types of clothes which determines like if you're like there's travelers travelers clothes, commoners clothes, like a nobles clothes. You know, it kind of just or like even costumes clothes like costume clothes. It just basically describes, oh, hey, this is what you usually wear on the everyday basis. This is basically describes everything that you've done to your character. Because your class and your background, or your class and your um, race kind of build up your character with, like, the armor. But besides that, you're just a fighter or a spellcaster. This makes you human. This is like, oh, I'm an entertainer, or oh, I'm an athlete, Like and you
2: see that in you. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't
0: you agree, Garrett? Yeah. Um, and then I also know that there's things like uh, every background gets one feature. I'm going to read the athlete one. You have attracted admiration among spectators, fellow athletes and trainers in the region that hosted your Past athletic victories. When visiting any settlement within 100 miles of where you grew up, there's a 50% chance you can find someone there who admires you and is willing to provide you information or temporary shelter. So, a lot of these allow you to get like a little bit of a bonus that can be used in adventuring, and like some people might know you because of this. Like a city watch, someone, like this sets up your contacts in the world. There's a lot of stuff you can do here with the background. So it's very important to, like, a long-running campaign where you're going to be like, okay, I want to be a faction agent in this faction or whatever, like the Bregan which is a, um... I think that's it. Yeah, that's the, uh, drow faction in Waterdeep. That's just an example from one of my campaigns. this player want to do that? So I just gave him a bit more, uh, of a rank in there. And then they started doing the quests as normal because there was options to do stuff like that. Or you can just be something like an outlander where you're, uh, you gain the ability to find a meal every night, not necessarily a good meal, but you'll be able to feed your people through like the stuff you find around and you gain certain tools, you gain instruments even sometimes. So you just gain a lot more extra stuff. Which is just more flavor. And a little bit of like... Oh hey, I'm a cook. I can cook something. Let's, let's make a meal. And then you can have your DM. Which should hopefully know that there's... And we can you know get more into DM stuff... After the character building part of this... Or season of this podcast. And then they can go into... Okay, let's see what we can do with cook tools. Because there's written stuff in the Xanathar's Guide of Everything... Which you can read them. You're like, oh, okay, cook schools. You can t- cook schools. You can roll to see how good you do. If you do this good, you can gain extra like health bonuses or something even because you have like a refreshing meal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's a lot of role-play potential with these uh, backgrounds. And um, I don't really want to end this short because generally backgrounds and races, there's a lot of options. Um, you can always look at, like, a wiki or something to find out what books have the most backgrounds. The PHB always has a great selection, but I know there's also, like, uh, I don't even know what this book is. Uh, I'm trying to, Sword Coast Adventures Guide. So, yeah, there's a ton of different backgrounds in different books. And they're all kind of spread throughout the books because that's how D&D was made. You know, there's, just, there's not just a book of backgrounds, but you can always go on a wiki to find out, okay, which books have backgrounds. And generally between races and backgrounds, you choose them and they support your class. Because at the end of the day, your class is going to be what you mainly build up and stuff, as those are your levels. And then your backgrounds and stuff will be your um, character flavor. 'Cause like I know I once played a druid that was a urchin. So I grew up on the streets even though I was big into nature. So my whole thing was is that I like I was big into the animals on the streets, like the little rats you'd find scurrying around and stuff. Doesn't that make sense?
2: Yeah. Anything you wanna say? Uh I don't think so. I mean,
1: yeah, I, I definitely agree in that your background, especially, is key into your character as a whole.
0: Yeah, and especially writing your backstory. Um, do you want to give a brief explanation on what you did with your backstory?
1: Uh, like a summary? Yeah. And uh, why okay. you,
0: did, like, where you came with it from? Like, what made uh, you think, oh, hey, I'm going to do it this way then?
1: So basically, I was uh, raised in like the back parts of the the like the alleyways, I guess you could say.
0: Mind you, he is a um folk. He was a folk hero, which um basically you saved your town, right? Isn't that what folk hero said? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, there's a, a bandit gang of bandits invaded our village. Uh, I eventually got taken into slavery, but one day uh, we got freed from slavery, and I came and slayed uh, the leader of the bandit group. And uh, that's when, like, my character
2: turned, I guess, good, in a sense. But, yeah. So, yeah, like, you basically,
0: and that's like, okay, so now you've used you used your, uh, background as like an explanation for how you came and then you wrote a backstory to tie into that. And now it's more like your background explains your backstory. It's like, oh, you're a folk hero because you saved your town. Like that. But you didn't know you saved your you didn't know you are going to write your character to save your town until you chose that background. So you'll see the benefits of each background and that should help you decide what you want your backstory to be.
2: But yeah, um, I
0: mean, I'm realizing that it's only about thirty minutes in. I know we talked about ability scores last episode for a bit longer. I also know that um, we're not going to be able to have spell tech with uh, or spell what spells Jake? Sorry, that was a previous name. I don't want to get into that. Um. Yeah, we're not going to be able to do that this episode since he's currently unable to record it. And I'm trying to get it out by the night. But, um...
2: I mean, next episode...
0: Should be general spells and attacks and stuff. Um... I just really wanted to get down races and backgrounds. You can always have... Your... I mean, DMs, you can always have your care Like, NPCs have these features too. If you want to build an NPC, one of the greatest ways to build an NPC is just to straight-up build a character. And you can just change it, because it doesn't have to follow the general things that a character gets. It can be more like, oh, well, a triton usually gets some spells at certain levels, but you can have this triton just have like, Shape Water, which is one of the really interesting cantrip. And that's when it gets very creative, because you, basically what the DM does, with NPCs at least, is takes the information, looks, like, analyzes it, can change things up with it, and they just have to look at, like, what the general baseline for certain, like, how powerful something is, and rate it accordingly. So, but, like, You know, you can't change how powerful you are at the same level, or that would be, you know, unfair and unbalanced. But basically, this gives you the character background. Like, this makes characters depth. This adds depth to your characters, and that's what we're really trying to get here.
2: One second. Here, can you go on about something, or do you want to end the podcast now? Okay, so um, then. I mean,
1: <coughs> you can uh, add like the personality traits and <coughs> bonds and ideals and flaws to your backstory oh, yeah. as well. well.
0: Um, basically, each thing has. I think I talked about this briefly, but each uh, background has two personality, creates one ideal, one bond, one flaw. You can roll for these. They'll change based on the uh, one, or you can make up your own. Some people like to write them all out as they are. Some people like to say, I know one of my players is the Fisher, and their bond is to find the pond. (laughs) Which, I'm going to check Fisher, but I think it's actually pretty close to what
2: The bonds are, um... Fisher, one sec. I'm looking at it. Uh... Oh, yeah.
0: My destiny waits me at the bottom of a particular pond in the Feywild. Basically what he chose.
2: Um... But yeah, Next
0: episode, we're probably going to go on to attacks and spellcasting. And um, after that, it's going to be each class broken down, subclasses in each class. We're not going to try boring you down with everything. Like, there's a lot. I'm not going to go into every race or every background because there's no purpose to, since it would just be tedious. Some of
2: them are similar. It's all about what you want your character to be. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah.
0: I'm trying to think if I had any other great idea, Like, great characters built with the background in mind. Um, I don't think I'm thinking of any, though. Well, I'll actually, I do. I... I once, and this is actually interesting because this doesn't really follow what you'd expect it to be, but I played a cleric that was an entertainer. Doesn't that seem interesting? Like, I played the piano as a cleric in taverns to try to get on that, at a bar or like a tavern, you know, at an
2: inn. So that was my, like, side hustle as I was
0: a cleric. So I tried preaching my faith. And then I tried doing a little music, and it was an interesting thing because oh, I wasn't just a cleric who tried preaching the faith of like because it was like great domain or whatever. So my whole idea was like preaching the faith of like live and let die. <laughs> it was
2: more of um okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do
0: this, and then maybe I can preach it through song. And then I also had a little thing on where I was like I impersonated other people as I. Said, played. And it was a very interesting
2: dynamic character, because you have this cleric trying to be like a bardo. And that's, I think, when it gets the most interesting, is when something contradicts... uh, That was a voice crack. Uh, When something contradicts another... So, like, you play a bard that's not very entertaining... Sometimes it could go horribly, or you can make them so bad at entertaining that it's hilarious. So they're getting laughed at instead
0: of actually entertaining. And I think it's a matter of, don't make your character less, make them better in one thing than expected. You know what you agree
2: with me? That's definitely feasible with backgrounds. And I mean, really, it's there's a lot there too. Like, like the Fisher, you gain advantage ability checks
0: you make using a fishing tackle. Sorry about my pronunciation of things tonight, reading a lot and stuff. I uh, generally tends to get words mumbled, um, but you gain advantage basically doing anything with fishing. So you basically are better at it. So.
2: Your background makes you better at whatever it says you are, or
0: sometimes I—I I wouldn't say it makes you worse, but there could be something. No, it doesn't. Um, there's nothing I could think about. It—it it gives you extra information for your character and stuff. It—it it gives your character <laughs> that knowledge, cause like. Something that might seem obvious to you in your life, not to others. That's basically what your background does for
2: your character. And
0: um, yeah. Uh, next episode, we'll talk about um other attacks and spell casting. And the episode after that, we'll start into each class, I believe. Unless there's anything else I need to cover. And, um,
2: yeah. And that, that feature would also
0: go with your features in the bottom right for your uh, backgrounds. So, are you, is there anything you want to say about anything, Garrett?
2: Um, so uh, I think I'm good.
0: All right, I'll definitely have you on later another time, especially if we talk about anything lore related or, um, like writing a backstory. You would definitely be someone who I'd want to be on that. So, uh, look forward to having you on this again. And this is Dungeon Protocol. And that was a good discussion.